Welcome to the More Than Corporate Podcast. I'm Amber Furman, recovering perfectionist and serial accomplisher. If you're anything like I used to be, you've been living your life thinking that if you accomplish enough stuff, you'll finally find the success you've always wanted. But what if it's not about accomplishing more stuff? What if it's about accomplishing the right stuff? I believe you don't find success. You create it by intentionally designing the life you want and having the courage to get out of your comfort zone to live your design. I went from doing what I was supposed to do to doing what I love to do, and now I get to help others do the same. Keep listening as I chat with inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day and learn how you too can live the life you've always wanted. Welcome back to another episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. I am so excited for this episode with Melissa Hargart. She is a board certified in neurofeedback therapy, which I am so excited for her to tell you about because um, it's pretty fantastic. She's owned her business since 2013, started her first office in Marietta, Georgia, and now owns nine offices around the country from West to East Coast. She's a mother of two girls and focused on teaching them to be strong, successful women who follow her passions. Melissa and I initially met through a networking group and a mastermind that we're both in. And I can tell you that she is the real deal. She's authentic and passionate about what she does and she cares about other people and we have just connected and I'm so excited to share her her vision her passion her definition of success and all of the amazing things she brings to the table with you. Really quickly, before I do, I want to remind you that this episode is brought to you by Success Development Solutions and the Design Your Life Group Coaching Program. We are about to kick off our next round of group coaching. So if you are somebody who knows what you need to get to that next level, but you keep getting in your own way, if you keep making plans and not following through on them, if you have all the calendars, but you don't have the results, then let's have a conversation about why you keep stopping yourself from having the life that you dream of. You can click on the link in the show notes, or you can head over to successdevelopmentsolutions.com, book a call with me. Let's have a conversation and get you on the road to the life that you deserve to have. And with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into this conversation with Melissa. Hey, lady, how are you? Good, how are you? I am so good, and I'm so glad this is finally happening. Um, my schedule caused us to have to reschedule a couple times, so thank you for your flexibility, and thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here with you. I'm so excited. So, Miss Jet Setter around the country, are you in Georgia now, or are you visiting one of your other nine offices? No, I am in Georgia, but I do go this weekend to Albany, New York for, um, you know him, Jesse and Desiree Cruz retreat to speak at their retreat. That's amazing. They're fantastic people, and congrats on the speaking engagement. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very excited. So let's dig in really quickly. If you, if somebody said, tell me who Melissa is in three different sentences or three different aspects of who makes you who you are, what would you say? Oh gosh, you really are putting me right on the spot. Okay. Three, who Melissa is. Mother, a mother first, mother of two beautiful girls, Mila and Elia, 11 and four. So they're definitely why I do what I do as well. I mean, part of the why. They're not my only why. Um, so I love them so much and am just really focused on showing them how strong a woman could be in the society we have today and that you could do anything you're passionate about. Um, and then 
that leads into maybe second part of me is I'm very passionate about everything I do, whether it's in my business, in my relationship. Um, I truly believe that if you're doing what you're passionate about and that's your purpose, then success will come your way. And um, it may be difficult to find your passion and purpose at first, but once you do, I mean, there's no stopping you. Well, that's how I feel about me. <laughs> yes. And you've proved it. You've proved it. The last couple of years, you have been on a roll. Thank you. And third, you know, I think um, another thing is just I'm very persistent about um, making changes in my own life and the lives of others. I'm very persistent. I'm persistent on things that I want. I'm persistent on um, achieving all my goals and just making sure that I am always growing and focused on growth of myself, health of myself and others around me. I love it. I am clearly a walking billboard for failure and disaster and things not going the way that we expected it to. And I'm curious to know for yourself, how has failure had a role in your success? Oh, that is a great question. I feel this sound, this may sound weird. I feel like I came from failure to begin with. <laughs> I in was what way? I'm the first one in my family to build mm. a business. I come from single mom home on welfare. Dad was a heroin addict, sisters addicted, you know, just my whole family dynamic was um, survival mode versus thrive in yeah. life. And so automatically I was set up to work as hard as you can, make your money and pay your bills. And that's yep. all I saw. And to me, in my life, for my life, that would be failure. And But that's what I was taught to do. So I really went against the the mold of what I was created in and decided I wasn't going to do that. So overcame that to begin with. And then failure has happened, obviously, throughout all my business years. I've been in business nine years. And I think um, failure to me is necessary and is what teaches me to make corrections and move on. So it might even be little things like spending money unnecessarily on ads that don't work because you don't know what you're doing instead of paying someone to help you do it or not getting a coach like you or, you know, I use Michael Faber, like finding people that have done it could teach me how to do it better. I always just thought I could do it on my own. And that was caused me to fail more than the average, I would say. Yeah, I 100% resonate with the survival mode. And for so long, I lived in that little place. And I was like, I love my life. My life's great, right? Mm -hmm. And then you just don't even realize that you're so used to surviving that you don't actually know what it feels like to thrive and to live this free life and to be successful or feel successful mm -hmm. because we're constantly looking for like when that next shoe is going to drop, that's going to cause us to go back into survival mode. Yeah. And this leads directly into what you do and the way that what you and I do is so complimentary, which I love so much. Yeah. So I, Jasmine's decided now's the time to squeak. So, um, the best way that I've ever heard it described was actually from you where the neuro feedback is like the hardware of what mm -hmm. you do. And then the neuro linguistics programming is like the software. So if you're going to go buy a computer and you're going to add a bunch of stuff to it and you're going to change the way programs work, like that's where I come in. But yeah. if your computer won't turn on, 
Uh-huh. That's where you come in. And is that a good way to describe it? Or can you give a better explanation or kind of tell people how, what you do or how you do it? You got it. But yeah, I'll go into a little more detail. And just like you said, um, so many people are just focused or feel like they only need to focus on mindset, which is absolutely so important. But sometimes the tools we're given to help us with our mindset don't work as quickly as we want them to, or maybe never at all, because the actual brain health is what might be an issue to address first, right? So you have to address the core issues to be able to build and make progress. So neurofeedback therapy, which is what I do, focuses mainly on how the brain is processing at the electric signal level, which is just like you said, the hardware of a computer. Maybe the hardware turns on, but it's not processing as fast, or maybe it's overrunning. And you could think of your brain that way too. Someone with anxiety, their brain's overrunning, like overheating computer, right? Um, Someone who has an overrunning brain might have anxiety, high stress, fight or flight state. And then you have um, underrunning who are people that have lack of motivation, lack of focus, you know, things like that. And so when you can fix the brain or um, retune the brain or retrain the brain to work properly and process properly, then all the amazing therapies like NLP or um, journaling and gratitude and all those wonderful things um, can work better because the brain can now process at the appropriate speed at the appropriate time. And that's what I think a lot of people forget. So they sometimes might give up and say, NLP didn't help me or I couldn't catch on. And Coaching might- didn't work yeah. or all those things we hear so much. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of time, and we forget about the brain because we can't see it. And so, you know, it's not like a broken bone where you feel in pain all the time, but yeah. the reality is, is it does pain your mental health. So, yeah. well, and so this is something that was really interesting before I go into this thought, I want to say how much I love that you put, um, fix in air quotes, because I, I, I haven't found a good word to replace it with yet, but I hate calling things broken and needing to be fixed. But yeah. the reality is like, that's, you know, fixed. So I appreciate that you did that. Yeah. Um, I was reading a book called The Thyroid Connection by Amy mm-hmm. Myers. Have you read this? Have you heard of this book? Not yet. Okay. So um, it's really interesting. I have um, had thyroid mm-hmm. imbalances in the past, and um, I haven't found somebody that I trust enough mm-hmm. to help me um, hit those head on. The mm-hmm. reaction that I'm normally getting hit with is take this medication for the rest of your life. And that's not okay to me. That's not, that's not acceptable. Mm -hmm. So um, I've kind of bounced around trying to find solutions. And somebody suggested recently this book called The Thyroid Connection, and Mm -hmm. it's fantastic. But one of the things that she talks about, and you immediately came to my mind when I was reading this book, is that because our thyroid controls everything in our body, Mm -hmm. that, we stress our bodies out so much. And many times when we're doing diet and doing exercise and trying to change the food that we eat, we're stressing our body out more than we're actually helping it, which stresses our thyroid out, which has the alternative effect. So in her plan for how somebody can start to um, even out thyroid imbalance, Mm non-medicationally, she talks about stress relief. And one of the things she talks about in that book as a way to relieve stress is massages, um, 
meditation and neurofeedback therapy. And I thought I had never put together that making my brain work easier Mm -hmm. and with less um, clutter could affect my physical health because it releases stress in my body. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes. Oh my gosh. And that's so cool to hear. I got to get that book. Um, And hormones obviously are part of the brain function. So when we do a brain assessment, we're not just checking electric signals. We're checking how the different areas of the brain work. And there's certain areas of the brain directly connected to hormones and thyroid and all of that. So it'll actually pop up for someone that might have metabolic issues, which would be a thyroid issue or something like that on the brain map and show certain areas that it's connected to. And stress obviously can cause high cortisol levels, cause your hormones to get imbalanced, especially us as women, when our hormones are imbalanced and pre-menopause, in menopause, post-menopause, you know, younger and younger women going into menopause, that's not normal. Like all of that can be affected by stress levels. And if our brains are functioning better, stress decreases, hormones um, start to balance out as well. So you're right, it's not just about food and exercise, huge dependent on stress, for sure. So if somebody is listening to this, and they are like me, where you will collect Mount Everest level amount of facts before you take action on anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And they say, I've never heard of this neural feedback. This is so new to me. Um, Mm -hmm. Where are some places that they can start getting some information from? Good question. So they could definitely go to my website, braintraincentersinc.com. And I don't have research listed on the website. I have a few videos that easily explain our process and what we do. Now, if they really want to dive in and read like pages and pages of research and do it that way, they could totally do that. Um, I'm board certified by the company out of Colorado called BCIA. And they're the Biofeedback Certification International Alliance. So they certify all providers like me that do neurofeedback and biofeedback. Um, So you know that those people that have that certification are at the highest level of education when it comes to neurofeedback. But on their website, bcia.org, there is um, an area that you could go look up books and research articles. Because neurofeedback's actually been around since the 60s. Um, the very first brain activity was all the way back in the 1920s. And so then they could recognize certain brain activity correlated to certain symptoms and how our brain functions. And so over those years, they did more and more research in very large universities. Actually, UC San Diego has one of the largest neurofeedback um, research parts of their of their college. So, oh, wow. Yeah, it's a great school, too. Um, but it's been around a very long time. It was all created for seizure disorders to start with. And then they did more and more research throughout the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and found that it helped with many other neurological issues like ADHD, insomnia, stress, all of that, PTSD. Wow. Mm -hmm. I think that it's incredible because I don't think that we um, always, well, normally, I don't think that we look into how much goes on to make this work, right? Like how much is actually happening for us to have this conversation. Mm -hmm. And I think that 
you know, it steps back to even this bigger picture of, you know, how some of us, most of us go through our day and are completely oblivious to the fact that like, we're a rock that's spinning in the middle of space and that there, it should make no logical sense that this works. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But we wake up and we go about our day and we live the life that we live and do the amazing things that we do. And then we go to bed and we repeat and we forget that like, there's this whole mechanical system that's making this happen and that it needs maintenance. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something that you've really brought to my mind since I've known you in the last year is that like it gets ignored so much. Um, so you have nine different um, places. How did you get into this? Like, I don't imagine somebody wakes up one day and just says, I want to do neurofeedback. So how did you find it? Oh, well, I also had no idea what it was until I worked for a chiropractor So my original plan was to be a chiropractor. I went to Life University in Marietta, Georgia, one of the best chiropractic colleges. I did a year of it. I was passing. Everything was great. And then I was like, I don't want to be a chiropractor. I don't want to touch people. I don't want to run a chiropractic office. I had always worked for chiropractors and I always wanted to be one. And so I was like, well, I'm going to stop going to chiropractic school. I'm going to go work for a chiropractor. So I got hired at this job. Um, in Norcross, Georgia is about 30 minutes from where I am now. Um, and he is an amazing chiropractor, but he also had neurofeedback in his office and I was the front desk. So I was like, Hey, what's this neural brain stuff? Can I learn more? And he's like, sure, I'll get you certified. And, you know, maybe you could help get more clients in. And while you're at the front desk, if you understand it, you could talk about it more. Well, I got certified by the company that we used for the software and I fell in love with it. And I started building his business so much that he ended up getting a second neurofeedback system in his office and they separated that part of the business out of chiropractic and started oh, wow yeah because i got it so busy i mean i was so passionate and it wasn't even my business i just loved it and i was like it's changing people's lives i mean i saw ch- autistic children who couldn't stand being touched um hugging their parents for the first oh, time. wow it was like life-changing like tear jerking chills up and down your spine I still get the chills when I talk about it like I love it so that's when I was like I found my purpose I knew I wanted to be in the healing um field I knew I wanted to be the natural I didn't want to be a doctor and this is just something I found that it, it just clicked and made so much sense for me so after working for him for a year and a half I was like so I'm gonna um go open my own office now that's amazing. So did, was he supportive of that? Was, or what was the dynamic he for was that? At first. He was upset. He was upset that I left, even though I moved 37 miles away, I took none of his clients, <laughs> you know, I did it very ethically. I give plenty of time, you know, I still referred people to pe- like, if they lived over by him, cause in Atlanta, nobody wants to drive more than 10 miles, you know, that's okay. Like, the traffic's horrible here. It's like LA. Um, so I was like, you know, I didn't take any of his clients, but and at first he was pretty bummed. Obviously he lost a really great employee that was very passionate and showed the passion. He was passionate about it too. So he had a great employee to show that. Um, but eventually we ended up uh, being, being on a podcast together in Atlanta, like for a local news podcast thing. So um, it's not like we like keep in touch or anything, but we definitely support each other from afar. You know, that's, it's such an interesting dynamic to have as a business owner, because you want to develop your employees. And 
honestly, I am the type of business owner, and I know you are too, that if my employees were to outgrow me, mm -hmm. then I want them to go find something new. But mm -hmm. it's heartbreaking at the same time yeah. to lose that person, right? And so I think the challenge that you and I both have accepted so well is to make sure that we grow just as fast so that we can constantly provide a place of growth mm -hmm. um, and a place of opportunity for people. Can you talk about how you as a business owner have um, created that environment in your nine locations? Yes. So out of those nine locations, um, four of those, I have partners. So their partner ran um, offices. So San Diego, Las Vegas, Hilton Head, and one here in Georgia are all owner ran like owner operator ram. Okay. Other ones I own a hundred percent and I have employees. Now here in Georgia, I had an amazing employee that was helping me run like all three of the other offices going to all of them. I mean, she's been with me over a year and a half. She originally was a client of mine. She went to chiropractic school, decided not to be a chiropractor and fell in love with neurofeedback. She recently was like, I'm moving back to Pennsylvania. And I was like, no, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you can't go. But guess what? I have given her an opportunity. I actually am closing down one of our slower offices here. I mean, it, it, we having trouble getting it up and going. Maybe it was just the area because whatever it was, um, we actually got out of our lease there and she's taking the equipment and moving it up to Pennsylvania and she's going to run an office up there. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Yeah. I love the shift in the opportunity. And you know, what you're saying just reminds me so much of something that I heard at a networking event earlier this week here in Vegas, mm -hmm. where when somebody said, what's the biggest um, piece of advice that you could give to a business owner? And somebody said, fail faster. Mm -hmm. They find, if you see that something's not working, make an adjustment. And I think this is an incredible example of that. And be open to the change because it's scary. Uh, like we get so stuck in our own ways and we get stuck with how things are ran. And the reality is some things do need to change and change could be really, really good if you um, have procedures set up and ways of running business. So she could literally take the equipment up there, get set up in an office. Her mom already found her a chiropractic office with a space. And it's, and then not only that, she's not just going to be an employee at first as we get started up there, she'll be an employee, but she has an opportunity to buy in as a partner. So that's how I've opened up growth for anyone that works for me. If they fall in love with it as much as I do and want to continue this, they have an opportunity to invest and become an owner of one of the offices. I love that. So you don't actually just sell that opportunity to be a partner. Um, you require them to work make sure that they understand that they love it, that they want to do it. And then they can come in that partnership. Is that what I understand? Yes. Now I do have some people contact me that are like, I've been watching you. I'm a business owner. I want to open an office where I am. And I'm being a little more cautious with that because they think, Oh, there's so much money to be made in this, yeah. but I don't do it just for the money. Of course I do it for money. We all need we have it. to, we all do. Anybody who says it's not, it's yeah. not about the money is the yeah. most frustrating statement to me because yeah. it has to be about the money. I agree. And it also has to be about something else. Exactly. And money gives you freedom and that's what I'm about. So I'm like, uh, just because you think that you're going to make a lot of money doing this because you see that I'm successful or that what you think is successful you know, I'm not going to bring you in as a partner just because. And so right. I do, I created a certification process. So even if they are very interested and maybe they are a potential partner without working it, they are required to take my certification course first. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. So, and you know, there's a reason that I specifically thought of, of that. And I think it's a cool platform because um, my favorite coffee shop does that. And the people who listen to the show regularly have heard me talk about it, but I always wondered how is it that every Dutch brothers that I go to throughout the country has the same energetic dynamic. Yeah. And then I found out that they don't allow you to buy into a franchise until you've worked for them for three years. I love that. And if you make it through that three years and you embody what they want in a company culture, then you have the opportunity to buy a franchise. And I think that more businesses should switch to that um, model because then you as the owner get to um, control the culture Mm-hmm. By by having a filter of who you are deciding to partner with. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of what I'm, I've been working with our mutual friend, Don, and talking about how to structure my business more like a franchise. I'm not going to completely become a franchise as of now, but more of a, you know, where you do buy in and you could run the office. But I like the idea of them working at first, actually. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that a lot. So um, what was really a benefit to me was you had this one year anniversary party here in Vegas, which Mm -hmm. you invited me to speak at. And I was so incredibly grateful for that. And you allowed me to be your little demo for um, playing around on how this stuff all works. And I'm a very feely. I got to touch it. I got to feel it. I got to understand it that way. Whereas if somebody's telling me about it, I'm like, okay, cool. That's kind of cool, but it doesn't make any sense. So where can people see the people that need to see and feel and touch it and experience it? Where can they find out what this is like? Um, The best is uh, I am getting better at putting videos up on YouTube. So I don't have any uh, videos showing like the initial assessment yet, except Um, I have a two minute video on my website explaining it and showing it in the office so they could see like the brain activity, see the cap. And I'm talking about it just for two minutes. So I keep it simple and fast. You know, it's not like a huge lecture about it because I lose people's attention Um, all day. Exactly. So we don't really have like um, samples in office or anything like that is truly just kind of doing your due diligence, looking up you know, our initial assessment is called a QEEG. It's called quantitative electroencephalogram, which really just means we're recording the electric signals of your brain, kind of like a sleep study, but you're awake. So we do it with your eyes closed and your eyes open, takes 20 minutes, doesn't hurt, no like fluids put in your body or anything like that. So it tells us a lot. It gives us a huge picture of the brain function across 12 different areas of the brain and simple, fast way to see how your brain is functioning. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. Um, And then what is the best website for people to go to if they want to continue this conversation with you, learn more, talk about what you do? How can they get in touch with you? Um, They can go to the website. It's braintraincentersinc.com. I love it. All right. I want to switch just a little bit to the success element part of this podcast. And we have sprinkled a little bit of this in already, but I ask every single one of my guests this question, what does success mean to you? How do you define it for yourself? Hmm. Well, you know, if you asked me probably when I started my business, it would be money and it still is part of my answer. Like I said, just a few minutes ago, because money does give you freedom. So if I were to look at the big picture, it's freedom of time to do what you love to do. And that might be for someone, you know, here's an example. I worked for a chiropractor in San Diego that was a surfer. 
and he would work 24 hours a week and he surfed the rest of the time. That was his success, right? For me, I'm like, I like working more than that. Um, but I do like the freedom to go surf if I want to, right? Yes. Or to go travel if I want to. So it, it is for me, it is freedom to do what I want. And sometimes that is working. Sometimes that is seeing clients. Um, but it's also the freedom to take my girls on a trip to Florida to Disney World or for me to get away to a woman's retreat or to go away for you know a weekend to the beach um, and still be able to help people, which means yeah. I created now a community or a whatever you want to call it, a structure of business where I get to employ people and those people get to help me help others heal. And that's what I think success is for me. Man, I love that. Now you, you said that if you would have asked yourself when you were younger, it would have been money. I'm curious to know when was the first time that you can remember actually consciously defining success for yourself instead of just doing what you thought you were supposed to do? I would say it was probably not even up until like last year. Because and what was that experience like for you? Like, how did that shift change when you, when you said, you know what, I'm going to like, this is success. How did your actions in your life change? Um, when I, I, you know what I'm going to say? It's when I hired my first employee, like truly my first employee, because I was like, this is success. Cause I was so excited that I made enough money to be able to pay someone. Yes. <laughs> and that gave them money. Like for me growing up, I'm like, oh, I just need to get a job. I need to make money, which means I have to get a job. And sometimes I'll work four or five jobs to make money. And now I'm like, I am the person that gets to hire people that feel that they're stuck in this rut of having to need a job. I'm not just giving them a job. If they love it and are as passionate as I am, I'm given the opportunity for them to get to a place where I am if that's what they choose to do. So I think that's what, when I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm actually successful. <laughs> yeah, I love that so much. Like I took a $4,000 loan out from my school because I couldn't get approved for a business loan. And that's how I started my business. I didn't have financial help from parents or anything like that. So I didn't that's know incredible. if I was going to work. I was like, what am I doing? I have no idea. I didn't know how to run a business. I mean, besides helping people with their own, I just was like, and I used to be taught fake it till you make it. Yeah. Then that you're doing it, you're successful. There's a difference between that and affirmations of becoming successful. Um, yes. And I think that's another way that I realized, okay, I truly am successful. And now I could affirm even more success because I truly know what success feels like. Yeah. And I'm glad that you said that because so many people wait, they wait to start a business because they assume that everybody else who has a successful business had the financial means, mm -hmm. the knowledge, the know-how to get it done. Mm -hmm. And you and I are both living examples. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Sometimes yeah. I feel like I don't know what I'm doing even now, right? I mean, obviously I do because I'm five years in to my law firm at this point, two mm -hmm. years into my coaching business. But I'm like, I why? How? Right. When I first started my office, I had no idea. You started your business with a $4,000 loan. When I started my law firm, I had $750 in my bank account and I was owed a $5,000 bonus check from my prior employer. And I took that $5,500 and I started a law firm. Yeah. And I was like, hopefully somebody pays me soon. Right. Like, uh, hopefully somebody gives me money. 
but I see too many people that are like, well, as soon as I get $10,000 in the account mm -hmm. and I learn exactly all the challenges that I think I'm going to face in my first year. Right. And then I've read all the books on how to open a business. Then I'm finally going to take action. Yes. But it doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't. I'm actually speaking about that this weekend. It's called Procrasta Healing. And you what is it called? Procrasta Healing. Okay. So you're procrastinating because you're trying to heal or do what you mm. think is right perfectly before you take any action. So there's one called procrasta hustling and procrasta healing. And when you hustle so much that you're just like throwing darts, trying to make something stick and you just are on the go, but never successful or focused. And then there's healing that you spend so much time healing, trying to perfect everything that you never take a step. And so you lose focus on the true whole thrive state is what I'm yeah. about because you're too imbalanced or I don't even like that word, but you're too much this way or this way and you can never focus and achieve your goals that you're meant to do. Yeah. I 100% agree with you. And there's another side of this too. And this I think exists in most people, at least to some level, maybe not to the level that it did in me when I was first making this shift. But what I realized is that everybody would call me the busy bee, right? Mm -hmm. um, they were, you know, I was the social butterfly. I was the one that was always um, out obstacle course racing and dancing. And if I wasn't doing that, I was at work. And, you know, I had all of these different communities and very rarely did I spend any time at home. Mm -hmm. And I used to tell my mom, um, you know, oh, I like being busy. I like being busy. Do you know how many times I hear people say I like being busy? Yeah. Well, the moment that I started to slow down, what I realized is I didn't like being alone with myself. Yes. Right. I had to stay busy because if not, I was with me and I didn't like me. Yeah. And you and I have both gone through that struggle mm -hmm. and come out on the other side of it. And I think there's more of that behind the busy bees than yeah. most of us want to acknowledge. Yep. That's a procrasta hustler. That's what I, I'm talking about. That's what I was raised to do. And you completely avoid emotions with yourself and others. You completely avoid the people that you need to have deep conversations with. And I still catch myself doing it because I'm like, mm, no, I, will, I, will. <laughs> I have something to do. I literally was just on a call earlier and my friend was like, did you call the counselor? And I was like, I got to go. She's like, yeah, I got, I got to go. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I got and this is one of the things that I think the pandemic really brought to people's attention. And I, I think this is why we're having such a strong conversation around mental health right now in a way that we haven't in the last couple of decades mm -hmm. is because people were forced to slow down yeah. for the first time. And yes, there were a lot of other things going on that went into it and it was um, a horrible situation to be involved in. But I do think it's the first time that people were forced to say, I don't have anywhere to go. I don't have anybody else to blame mm -hmm. and I'm not happy with who I am and what I'm doing. And that is an incredibly lonely and empowering place to be at the same time. Absolutely. And that's when you decide to make the choice to make some changes. And so my business actually increased over. Yeah, mine too. And all of that, because people were like, okay, I need to do something different. Let me look into yeah. more natural ways to stay healthy. Let me look into other ways to improve my mental health besides counseling, which is very important. But what else is out there? How do I strengthen my brain? How do I, you know, refocus and reprocess 
um, old emotions that are coming up and things like that. So um, I think, you know, it was necessary and unfortunate at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. So if current Melissa, if the Melissa that I'm talking to today could write a letter to Melissa before that wrote, that opened her first business with $4,000 in her account when alone, what yes. would she say? Um, don't wait too long to find a mentor or a mm. coach, you know, I get advice from people who've done it. So I don't make as many mistakes as I did. Um, that's like my number one. That's actually why I train other people that do what I do because I'm not just like a business coach to them. I'm someone who's done it in the neurofeedback world. So definitely um, learn from others' mistakes. It's important to learn from your own too, but there's some that you can learn from others. <laughs> there's a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially financial ones. And yes. Yeah. And I, I would say really that's the biggest thing. I, I, I wouldn't change anything else that I've dealt with. You know, I've had to rebrand. I've had... I think it's always be open to change. That's a big thing. I, like I said earlier, people get so stuck in their way and change scares them. And it's just that little tiny change that might need to happen to make your business thrive even more. I love it. And now the question that always chokes me up a little bit. Um, if Melissa, now that I'm talking to, can write a letter to Melissa 10 years from now, what is she saying? Oh, 10 years from now? Ooh. Let's go five. Five years is easier. Let's do five years from now. Five. Five. Like the first words that come to my head is good job. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. And I told you every time, every time I get like so emotional when people answer these questions, because I just think it's incredible. It's an incredible um, gift yeah. to be able to see enough success in ourselves to have the life we want in the future. Mm -hmm. And I just, you and I share that desire to bring that out in people. We just do it different ways. Yeah. And I am such a fan of what you do. Thank you. You too. And I actually have talked to Don recently about coming to the N the next NLP training. Oh, yay. We'll have to talk about that for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. So you are... Um, You've got your nine centers, you're working with others, you've got your mentorship, um, you've got this amazing business structure that is an opportunity for growth for you. Mm -hmm. What are you most excited about when you think about the next 12 months? What's coming up for you that you just are super excited for? Well, I am restructuring my business. Before it was like all these partnerships, but I'm actually changing it more franchise style. So I've been working with Dawn. She's helping me restructure my business. Um, so over the next 12 months, I'm restructuring some current partnerships to more like them being 100% owners and more franchise style. And that's going to set me up for more growth for those that we talked about maybe wanting to come in. Um, so that's what I'm excited about business. And then I have a goal within the next 12 months to open up in Austin, Texas. Yes. And I have some friends that you know, have, um, are very connected in the community and in business. So, um, you know, over the, I, people have asked me like, what's your goal of how many centers you want? And I'm like, I've never set a goal. I'm like, if as I many goal, as, as many as the world will handle, yeah, right? Exactly. Like, if I set a goal, yes. I think that puts a cap on what I'm 
what I put I love in my- it. I love that thinking. You know, if I ever, if anybody ever can't get a hold of me and they're like, we don't know where Amber disappeared to, I'm in Austin, Texas. I'm just oh, putting that it. out there now. I love it there. It's such a fun place. It's very cool. It's hip. I do love it. So I'm, it's so funny. They're like, you just keep opening places that are really cool to go to Vegas. San Diego. Of course. I'm like, why wouldn't I? I mean, the why would you want to travel to somewhere boring? It's like, oh, yeah. I got to go to like Omaha today. Okay. True. Now <laughs> the only thing is, I mean, I am open up in Delaware and I'm like, oh, oh you know what? Um, I can't say anything. You got, you got the unleashed crew there. Like as, yeah. lo- as long as Michael's there. Right. And the rest of the unleashed crew, Delaware's got something to offer. And, so and they do have some beautiful beaches there. Um, during the they summer. do. And yeah. I joke about Omaha. I just got back. It was the first city that I went to. I went to visit my little brother and yeah. I will tell you what I went to law school I have had a successful career as an attorney for the last 10 years, and you don't get there without being able to handle some alcohol intake, and they can drink me under the table in Nebraska. Like well, I'm I, like, what else do you guys do? They are the nicest people, though. Yes, they are, 100%. Are- don't they call them the nicest city or something like something I'm, like that? Like yeah. there's something in the air that makes them like incredibly the, happy and like community based. Yeah. The sweetest yeah. people. I went there to promote uh, or just to support one of my friends that was speaking at a, like a rehab center. Yeah. And I flew in for the weekend and met so many people and I'm friends with them on Facebook still. I'm like, you guys are the nicest people ever that I've ever met. Oh my gosh. I love it. Um, Melissa, I've had such an incredible time talking to you. And I know that it is not the last time that the more than corporate community is going to hear from you. I am excited to see what you have coming up and um, what you do over the next few years. And you and I just have such a collaborative nature that um, I am sure this is not the last time they will hear your name. However, what I would like to do is wrap this up with a quick random round. Are you okay with that? Yes. Okay, cool. If you could time travel... Where would you go and why? Oh, I have never thought about time traveling. I think I would go to the future. I would go to the future because I don't want to, I don't want to change the past. Okay. So I, I want to go to the future. To How see. far? How far in the future? Just 10 years. 10 years. Okay. Yeah, it's not very far. And I what don't... are we looking for in the future? Um, oh, I well, when it comes to my own personal life, obviously I want to see where my daughters are, how, okay. what they're doing. You know, my oldest will be 21. Oh my gosh. Ah, she'll be 21 in 10 years. That's crazy. 22, actually. She's almost 12. Um, and also, um, you know, how they change. I think that's really what I want to see, how they change the world. Oh, I if love I that did, so much. If I did my job to teach them to be part of a society of, you know addition to society and where they are. Cause I know they're going to change the world too. Oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. If you were to think about what your superpower or super strength is, what do you think that is? Um, grit. Mm. Yeah. I think just, you know, things are always going to stress is always going to come in life. Traumas will come in life. Like it's very hard to prevent those things. That's just part of life and the way we deal with them and work through them and get stronger afterwards is something I actually look forward to sometimes. That might sound kind of weird. <laughs> oh, no. I, I hear you. I think we crave those challenges, right? Yeah. Like, and, and what's really crazy is that if we don't 
grow fast enough to have those challenges, then we create them within our current life. And then we just create problems for ourselves, right? Which was so hard for me to learn. Cause I'm like, why do I have all these problems popping up? And my coach is like, when are you going to quit creating them? And I'm like, screw you. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, Okay. I'm a huge reader. I'm a huge believer in similar to what you said previously, that we should learn from other people's experiences and mistakes and wins and take what we can from those. If there was a book that you have recommended to people the most, or that you think everybody should read, what is it? Oh, can I give two? You can. Okay. And these are very common ones that most people have heard of, but I am finishing up with my women's group Think and Grow Rich. Oh, I love that book. Wow, so good. And there's a workbook with it that we've been working through. And it's so nice to do it with people with the same mindset, but like also different thoughts. And I love that. So Think and Grow Rich is an awesome one. And I it's between 12-week year and Atomic Habits. Mm, that's I'm, a hard choice. I know. Those are both so And I think all three of those just go so well together. So actually yeah. our women's group is moving on to the 12 week year, as soon as we're done with this in a week or two. Um, I like the 12 week year because I think we all just put such big goals on ourselves that they're very hard to achieve and then we get Mm -hmm. discouraged. So when we break things down and then Atomic Habits helps you bring those, you know, goals down to another level. All three of those, you just gave like the perfect pack of books, right? Like the mindset with Think and Grow Rich and then the quarterly adjustments with the Mm 12-week year Mm -hmm. and then your daily atomic habits. All three of those are fantastic. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, And then my purely selfish song, you know that I live and love and communicate through music. So what is your pump-up song? um, I played it in Nashville. No Place I'd Rather Be by Queen Turnit. I love it. Oh my gosh. When I'm running, I used it for the walkout. Like, I just love it because at every time it is different. And then I always like, same, there's no place I'd rather be, even during the hard times. Like, there's no place I'd rather be right now. The other day was like effed up. And I was like, but there's no place I'd rather be. Like, yeah, I love that. It's so true. And I tell people that all the time. Like, they're like, would you ever go back and work for somebody again? And yes, that face, that's the same (laughs) face that I make. Um, And, you know, there are times where, you know, let's just be real. Business ownership sucks sometimes. Oh yeah. Like there are times where I've sat there and thought, how am I going to make payroll? There are times where I've thought, you know, where, how do I get everything done? You know, from one end to say, how am I going to make payroll to the other end of saying, how am I going to handle all this business that's coming in? Like I've been on both ends of that spectrum and each time, if there's ever that thought that pops in my head that I'm like, "Eh, you know, is it worth it? Then I just think of somebody calling me into work on a day that I would rather be doing something else. Yeah. And how irritated I'm going to be when I need to be somewhere other than a place I control. And I'm like, it's like, there's nothing that's worth that. Or like asking for time off to go on vacation. Yes. And right now I could be like, hey, get your bags. Let's go. We're going. Like, Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's so true. I um, just had a moment as my a business owner, because I have to balance, we all have to balance the needs of the business versus the needs of us and our employees and the human beings, right? 
And um, I'm gone most of the month of November mm. for a few different things that are incredible, but the biggest one being my biggest NLP training of the year in California. Mm -hmm. And my new attorney just told me that she wants to go to Japan on a family vacation mm -hmm. and she's gone the same week that I am. Oh, no. And like initially my first thought was, well, I'm gone. You can't go too. Right. And then like all of a sudden I shifted and I was like, would I want to work at a place where I couldn't go mm -hmm. on a family vacation right. when I wanted to? Mm -hmm. And are there any other ways that I can make this work right. so that I don't have to say no to her time off? And I think that that shift is going to make it to where businesses can keep employees longer yeah. because it gives that freedom Mm -hmm. along with the responsibility of the business ownership. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, There's absolutely. To work it out. It's very true. It's true. Um, I just need to start intentionally putting my random round in the middle of my episodes because it's like, I always think we're done and then I do the random round and then the random round brings out so many other conversations. So I'm just going to start calling it like a middle break and then we're going to start doing something else. Um, <laughs> Melissa, I have loved this conversation. Thank you so much for being so open and vulnerable and congratulations on all of your success and your upcoming success in the future. Thank you. And thanks so much for having me. I can't wait to do more with you and partner up more. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. If anything that was said during this episode resonated with you or provided value in any way, it would mean the world to me if you would head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review for the More Than Corporate Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. I'm really looking forward to connecting with you. If you'd also like to connect, I've created a Facebook group that is full of amazing people who also make it their mission to live their best life every single day. If that that sounds like something that you're interested in. The name of that Facebook group is Success Center. Head over there, request to join, and I look forward to connecting with you soon.